raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, what a chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome in on a fantastic Wednesday. I hope it's going well for you. If it's going well for you, that probably means you're not someplace on the road right now, where likely if you're on the road someplace here in and around Indianapolis, you're stopped. Uh, whether it's at a light or in a long line of traffic. But wherever you are, here's what I want you to do. Just chill out, take that deep breath, and know that we will converse, even though we don't have anything to give away, which is ridiculous, but we will converse and talk up sports and other stuff throughout the course of this afternoon. We're going to make this day a whole lot brighter. Again, even if you're stuck in traffic, Even if you know here in an hour or two, you're going to be stuck in traffic somewhere, somehow, some way. We're here to help you get through. And see, that's me even after one of the Reds. I'm like all confused now. They dropped five in a row, 12 in a row, 13 in a row. Are they going to drop as many in a row as they won in a row? (laughs) That would be so Reds. So Reds. I'll get to that coming up in a minute because, again, it doesn't bug me. Like everybody's saying, hey, JMV, what about your Reds? I told you at the time, I'm going to celebrate it at the time because it could all fall apart in a matter of minutes. I mean, hell, I know who my favorite baseball team is. I know it's not 90. I mean, I wanted it, I wanted it to be sustainable. And I want to see them pull. See, now you got me started on this. I had something completely different in the outset. But nah, I celebrated it. I'm not disappointed. Because even that month of June was better than most anything I have witnessed out of that group, that organization, in forever. <laughs> I just is. That's why I told you to celebrate it. I did. I saw Lance McAllister say, well, you know, evidently we were wrong and they just aren't as good as what we thought. Um, yeah, it's okay. At the time, it was fun. Lived in the moment. And I'm just going to wax poetically here, I guess. Uh, Much like life in general, sometimes they're not all great moments. This is why I try to live this thing as hassle-free as possible. Like, I prioritize the hassle. Anybody else do that? I prioritize it. I think about it. I think, okay, who am I going to talk to that may turn out to give me more of a pain in the ass than I already have? Okay. I'm going to prioritize these conversations and prioritize. I'm going to prioritize the hassles. 
But now, I look back on it. I'm still watching. I'm still interested. I was wondering last night a couple of different times. I mean, yeah, think about it. It's like 180. That's why they're going to end up losing 12 straight. It's like 180. I mean, you know, De La Cruz gets picked off. Uh, what was it in game two? I think it was, uh, was it India that hit into a double play? <laughs> and then uh, somebody, I think it was Vado, the weight yard, like right after that, pulled them within one. Ah, it's the way that it goes, man. And if you're a Reds fan, you've known this forever. You knew this wasn't going to get you over the hump. I guess it's different with the Bengals because the Bengals just went, oh, wow, and like pow in the moment and then got you as a Bengals fan finally over that hump that had been multi-decades of futility. But you know that you have a quarterback. That's what you know. Joe Burrow is a dude. And when you have a dude at quarterback, oftentimes a lot of other things just don't matter. There's no matter. Now, you like to support that dude. And oftentimes, with a good organization, they do. But you can kind of see it right now. Everybody's setting up. You know, we talked about the running backs yesterday. You know, running backs, you know, wanting that respect. And and they're not going to get it. I mean, not even if, like here in Indy, if it's necessary to have Jonathan Taylor, which I've told you that it absolutely is, it's not all of a sudden going to be a magic elixir that's going to turn the tide in favor of all okay, Welcome back to running backs. You know, you saw Zach Martin here, local guy in Dallas, wants to get paid more, very underpaid. You know, he put or through his, his representation, put that little nugget in the ear in the phone, in this case, of Adam Schefter, and Schefter tweeted it for the entire football world to see that the Cowboys guard is underpaid. He probably is underpaid, but very few pay, um, especially if you've yet to win anything, uh, a guard position. Uh, We know one of them, right? There are some others out there, but we know one of them. That's the way that it is. That's going to be a tough fight. Now, situations like that, at the very least here, and I think I'm going to give credit where credit is due. I don't like to take the ideas and the quotes from others on Twitter and use them as my own. So if I see them, I like to give credit where credit is due. Like a friend of mine and a friend of yours, if you follow me on Twitter and we kind of hang out, is Bobby Jefferson. He's a big-time Colts fan. Big-time Colts fan. And this was in response to a couple of Pat McAfee tweets, uh, of which I'll get to coming up in a minute and tell you exactly what I felt that that meant, if it matters right now, before a week out from starting camp, whatever. But I'll tell you anyway. But Bobby had had tweeted after McAfee said the Colts, and I'm again, he didn't say it, I'm paraphrasing, he didn't say it this way, but the Colts have a lot of big contracts, is what was said. And Bobby's response, if I had it in front of me, I'd tell you exactly what he said. But basically, his response was, and none of which provide football advancement. It's accurate. At the very least, at the very least, 
in a system that just needs to be retooled, just like you're retooling the quarterback position right now. And that particular system, at least Jonathan Taylor gives out the possibility of football advancement. Yeah, like the football can move forward with him. Like it's not somebody else, and you know you connect the dots and make relations to where okay, now you can see why the football was advanced. Now Jonathan Taylor actually shows you football advancement, so you got that going for you. Now, football advancement. I thought that that was shout out to Bobby, who's a good dude. I thought that that was a smart thing to say. Football advancement. I think oftentimes it's like non-essential positions. We've all heard that over and over again, so we need to find new ways to describe that. And new ways to describe that would be, um, yeah, not positions that will advance the football. Yeah, the quote on Twitter was from Pat, we have a lot of big contracts. (laughs) That's true. See, on the surface, that's why you look at this and you go, hey, we'll combine the names and the contracts with an overall craptacular schedule. And I mean in terms of winning, at the very least competing, maybe not winning, but competing. It is a crappy schedule. You look at it and you go, oh my goodness, this thing's boring as heck. But... That's good. That should be good for the Colts. Really, that had to be good for the Colts because if it were medium or if it were hot, then they would have significant issues. And they still have significant issues. But at least this gives you what people like to reference as a puncher's chance at this because the schedule is not at all daunting. It plays down like it would if you were a four-win and one-tie team. They're going to hand over to you a crappy schedule. Here's your crappy schedule. Go get it. That's what makes the NFL year after year so vividly entertaining is because if you just really halfway do it right, you don't have to stay down very long. Now, obviously, around here, this place has been all over the map. But the crappy schedule will give you a little bit of hope. And you would look at that on paper, big contracts and big names. But it's still, situationally speaking, it it doesn't shout out to, well, these guys are going to get the Colts over the hump. Because these guys have been around here before and they haven't gotten over the hump. In fact, the hump has not been surpassed in the past two years. So I don't know if I would glorify any potential hump advancement this year. But they haven't done it since Philip Rivers was here. And I remember at the time us talking about how, well, you know, Philip Rivers, you know, as a quarterback, he just doesn't have a strong enough arm and it takes away all the field, blah, blah, blah. And that was like the best thing that's ever happened around here. You know, after he decided to hang it up and become an Alabama football coach and then ultimately have kid number 10, shout out. 
Hey, everybody was begging him, oh, please play again. Please, please. We don't care if you can't throw it 30 yards down the field. At least when you do, you don't throw it to somebody else or fumble it or try to run with it or anything. So it has been a while since we've seen such advancement. So that's why when somebody asked me yesterday, you know, what do you think about the over-under? And this person suggested the over-under of seven and a half or eight. And I went, ooh, no, no, no. Nah, I would say six. I would say feel comfortable in six. And I would take the under right now. And it's not because I'm going to preach doom and gloom. There's going to be enough to talk about. There's going to be enough interest here. I mean, there's, there's no slep rock attitude going on. There's just the reality of what ultimately you're going to see. And let me tell you this, a lot of you are going to see it because this will end up being the most interesting camp that we have seen around here going back to, to Manning, maybe. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Well, what about luck? Uh, luck was a sure thing. There's nothing sure thing about this. There's a great deal of unknown. When's the last time you go, went into camp and felt as if there was this great deal of unknown? There's a big mystery here, big mystery to uncover. And all of you football breaker downers, analytics folks, you're going to go out there, you're going to sell the joint out. Grand Park, you're going to go every day, you're going to watch practice, and you're going to try to eyeball as best as possible what the quarterback is doing. And you know everybody around here covering this team will do just that. We have not seen a training camp with this much interest. And I can't even, I don't know if I was even around here yet when Manning was a part of. Hell, I think that was in Anderson at the time. Anyway, it certainly has been a long time since it's held, universally speaking with Colts fans, this level of interest. And that doesn't equate to, wow, this is going to be a great season. Now, again, what I've said about this team, it'd be great if they were able to undersell it, which I think they're clearly doing right now. You don't hear very much whatsoever, do you? I mean, when you think about it, Jim Ursay has been in front of a microphone a bunch, right? I mean, he was in front of a microphone all weekend long singing songs. Ian Kevin Cronin belting out time for me to fly, take it on the run. He and Peter Wolf with Love Stinks. I mean, fun times in Boston. But, yeah, as far as expectations, this thing is on the absolute down low. It's funny, yesterday I mentioned this at the end of the show, and I'm not too active on Instagram. I can barely do what I'm doing right now, so give me a break. But I'm barely active on Instagram, and somebody had sent me that video of Shaquille Leonard working out. I don't know what any of this means, but I will tell you this, is that that five seconds of video, to me, was better than anything we have heard over the past five months. Any of the quotes about what we should expect from Shaquille Leonard over the past five months. Because you actually saw something. I don't know what it means, if anything at all. But at least you saw something. Now, at least it wasn't a quote like, I wouldn't bet against him. 
And you go, oh, okay. Well, that doesn't sound great at all. Or with uh, was was Jim was on with McAfee was it last week and you know had said, you know he's you know getting better every day or progressing every day and we'll see or something like that. Yeah, that's not a ringing endorsement of expectation. But you saw a little bit of something yesterday, and we'll see how that goes down. And a lot of this is you're going to maintain, you're going to sell out that place at Grand Park each and every time, and you are going to stare at all these different positions, certainly, that we have talked about over the course of the offseason. You're going to look for Shaquille Leonard, look for any activity, and certainly you're going to be staring at the quarterback. But back to ball advancement for a moment. That's so true. And that's why still Jonathan Taylor is in the field of play. Even though running back is disposable, he gets it and he can run with it. Sometimes they'll throw it to him. And he's you know not blocking on the inside for it or not clogging up the middle of the defensive line. I'm not trying to undersell the importance of that, but in the hierarchy of importance on the football field, that ain't it. So ball advancement, at the very least, if you're skeptical about what should or should not be the future of Jonathan Taylor, just think about that. This is something else I really don't get into because, honestly, I haven't played Madden since the 1990s. I don't know if that makes me something or not something or what, but I haven't played Madden since the 1990s. I loved it then. It was fun as hell. When Pat Summerall had the voice and there was a bone crack and, oh, no, there's a man down, that was fantastic. But really hadn't thought too much about it. But each each year about this time, they unleash the the Madden ratings or rankings or whatever and I think Jonathan Taylor's like sixth on the list of running backs and you gotta remember the type of season he had a year ago because of injury and I know how precarious the situation can be with a running back and injuries but man on a football field that's with stinking anybody that's with anybody yeah in this case at least there is a resume of, okay, we've actually seen this before. Same thing I'm talking about with Shaquille Leonard. Oh, okay, well, we actually see this now. It's not just word of mouth. You're going to get to see something. And in turn, you're going to get to see something coming up next week. But ball advancement is incredibly important. And that's why, especially you combine that with just what is a desperate Colts need. What do you think the most desperate Colts need is? What is it? James, you got any idea? Most desperate Colts need over there. What do you got, James? I'd say an edge pass rusher. That's what oh, I would really James, like to see. oh, James, oh, James. Oh, James. Well, there's a level of importance there. Because the guy that I thought would do something last year crapped up. Actually, I take that back. What I thought Yannick Ngakwe would do last year was more than he is any longer capable of doing. What he did do, however, is what he has done recently. <laughs> so as far as being a fraud, not really. Why? Because he basically put up similar numbers as he's put up recently. So that's what we've come to expect. 
But again, I did whiff on that. No, no, no. I'm not suggesting that is not a need, James. You're on target there. The need is to get this quarterback thing going down the right path sooner rather than later and strike on this thing big. That's the most desperate need. I mean, across the board, all this other stuff we can talk about some other time, and that's great. Use that as barstool fodder. Backyard around the fire pit, you know, when it's 95 degrees and you guys are firing up the fire pit, that's really comfortable. You know, and you're sitting around and, you know, you got your uh, your friend that's half drunk and he's got the smoke in his face seat. You guys, anybody else always get the smoke in his face seat around the fire pit? And I know that they have means in which you can go ahead and bypass that now with technology, but let's just say you're around an old school fire pit or a bonfire, certainly when that's going to be necessary. Who out there always feels as if you get the seat with the smoke in your face? Even that person should be saying, all right, it is the maturation and getting these live ball situations going for your quarterback. Because you've seen it. When there's been success around here, I mean, prior to Manning, you had basically, I know there were more than one year, but I mean, hell, we only remember realistically one. That was the end. It was also like Haley's Comet. It just kind of flew in here and surprised you and all of a sudden got the hell out of here. Wait a minute. That's what can happen in the postseason? They can actually win games in advance and what? (laughs) Wait a minute. Who's this Zach Crockett person? (laughs) Lynn Elliott? (laughs) It really was. That thing was like three weeks, and it was like here and gone. But nah, when there was real winning. Now, real winning that consistently sold out the stadium and developed a waiting list and then ended up building a new stadium and then building a new stadium, securing a Super Bowl, that type of winning is quarterback development. And there's a difference here because you kind of just knew with the experience here. I mean, you expected it. It wasn't a huge question mark. Even with luck and even how that ended, there wasn't a huge question mark. You just expected it here. There is a mystery. There's a mystery for all of us to unravel. Which, again, will make this the most interesting training camp that we have seen. And we shall discuss that over the course of the afternoon. If you so desire, I am here for you. I mentioned the the McAfee tweets a little bit earlier today made me kind of laugh. And that's where, you know, I got the quote from Bobby of Ball Advancement. That's so true. And I wanted to use that uh, with my own Jonathan Taylor ammo because that's very true. I mean, even if it is a disposable position, at least he's able to advance the football and and should be expected to do it. Uh, Again, if you hope to, in the right way, in the right form, and as safely as possible, too, also advance, hopefully quickly, the career of your quarterback. But, yeah, Pat said we have a lot of big contracts. And here's the one that stood out to me. And I know I know he's doing his own national thing and it doesn't matter, but it just kind of occurred to me. I'm going to translate this. Man, I hope the Colts don't suck this year. 
man, I hope the Colts don't suck this year. What do you guys think that means? That to me sounds like, you know what? Maybe you should expect the Colts to suck this year. That's what that sounds like to me. If I'm going to translate that, that's how I translate it. And again, this is just where we are. It's not trying to, well, you know, it's not giving everybody a pass. It's, to me, what should be stating the obvious. Unless you strike some incredible gold, or as they say, that lightning in the bottle with your quarterback, man, and I hope they do. Because when somebody asked me yesterday, would I rather see them lose dignified, which means competitive, and have a high draft selection, or see them win, I'll take win all day. Because you got to pump some excitement into that building. Got to get some people around here excited about something. So when you can do that with winning, let's do that with winning. All day long. And with all due respect to Marvin Harrison Jr., okay. I mean, you talk about a roll of the dice. If you're looking for good fortune there, all of a sudden, like in that draft, that good fortune is going to climb right up your leg? Probably not. But nah, you want to win, you want to win right now. Again, I don't expect it, but I would take it over any other avenue. You guys need it. But yeah, that's what that's saying. You know, I think that's the expectation here. And as an end result, Yesterday, when we talked about the over-under at six, that's exactly where it should be set. All right, we'll talk about that at 239-1070. Email address jmv at 1075thefan.com. Pardon me. I love the old-school Seahawk uniforms. I don't really care what dudes wear, unless we're talking about old-school uniforms, and I'm all over it. (laughs) Like, if Miles Turner sits courtside... And an outfit that a lot of you are making fun. I don't care because I've never really said, you know what? That dude, I don't can't believe what he's wearing. Unless we're talking about old school uniforms. Rock the cream sickle. And in terms of the Seahawks, what do we call that? The Largent? The Zorn? The Kenny Easley? It's, it's not the Bosworth. He doesn't, to me, he does not bring that much respect. The Kurt Warner, not the quarterback. The Dave Craig. Dave Craig was in so many incredibly old school uniforms. That's probably unfair. But I love the fact they're bringing that back. That is a bad boy right there. That gets you fired up, doesn't it, a little bit? The old school Kingdom Seattle Seahawks uniforms. Got that coming up, too. Yep. I'm not whining about the Reds. There's no wine for me. I don't need any cheese. Because I don't have any wine. I'll take the cheese because I dig cheese. I don't need any wine. Because I told you at the time, be excited about it now. Because this thing could crap out just like that. It's done it. Got that and more coming up too. Uh, The high V race is coming up in Iowa on Saturday. I wanted to get to that and a couple of high school things. Mark Jaynes, who is the voice of IndyCar and the IMS Radio Network, is going to join me coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Kyle Nedenrip with a a major announcement earlier today on the boys' high school basketball front. I'll get Kyle on here in the 4 o'clock hour to discuss exactly what I referenced right there. And a little bit of boiler ball 
Football and basketball combined. Tom Deanhart's going to join us coming up at the 5 o'clock hour to give us our Midsummer Boilermaker update. Busy Wednesday inside the lounge via YouTube Live, HD Radio, the stream, the app, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. If somebody gets in your face and calls you a I want you to be nice. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I will have to give a shout-out to Hy-Vee. By the way, Hy-Vee's a grocery store chain. Is there one in Zionsville here now? Who's around from Zionsville? Is there a Hy-Vee open in Zionsville yet? I'm always in search. I've always been a huge fan of Kroger. I think you know that. Although the one at at, uh, Southport and Bluff is awful. And uh, people in there are great, but it's just normally complete and utter chaos. If you guys heard or privy to my potato story on Friday with the events leading up to me trying to buy a potato on my way home, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or if you've ever tried to squeeze anything more than a stinking moped into that parking lot, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I still have a great deal of love for Kroger. But I am interested regarding High V and living High V in Iowa. Coming up this weekend, friend of this show, he's the voice of IndyCar, the IMS Radio Network, and in Iowa is the location, a little oval action for my friends in IndyCar and Mark James, who's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Have you ever been to a high V? I have indeed in my trips to Iowa, and uh, not only is is it a wonderful place, uh, but uh, certainly a a valued supporter of the NTT IndyCar Series and then some. What a weekend they're putting together, have put together. Is it uh, it better than the Monrovia IGA? Ah, boy. (laughs) Is the Monrovia IGA still there? No, oh, sure. You know, oh there my are God, categories. I love, I love a good IGA. I, I mean, there's categories in which you know some some places belong in a category of their own. Yeah, the the, the, the woodchuck is kind of the woodchuck in Morgantown is kind of in a category of its own now. Yes, but yeah. once upon a time there was greatness there, but it may be past it. But you're right. Category. I love a good IGA. But no, you're right. I love what Hy-Vee does. So we talk about it. I just played this back in with Zach Brown Band. Uh, Kenny Chesney, Carrie Underwood, and Ed Sheeran all up there this weekend performing as a part of the race festivities. That's fantastic. How about uh, how about Kirk Ferentz and Caitlin Clark also making appearances? Well, honorary I, I, starters at Grand Marshals, and, and yeah, I, I mean, my gosh, uh, what what a bunch of what a bunch of a listers! I mean, and, and, and then you have hacks like me coming to town. That's awesome, though. Seriously, <laughs> does honestly does that help with 
you know, people coming out, more eyeballs to it. Does that because that's some high level, no pun intended, high V promotion right there. Does that help the overall bottom line? I don't think there's any any question that the entertainment that they've put together. I mean, you you stop and think about uh, you know what what that lineup. Uh, what, I mean, there there are venues in this country that would kill to have that that entertainment lineup for sure. And then you add uh, the most exciting form of racing in the world uh, for two days on top of that Friday, if you include you know Friday's practice. And uh, I I don't know how you could be more entertained across a wide spectrum than than you could be at, at Iowa Speedway coming up this weekend. It's uh, Mark James of the IMS Radio Network, the voice of the IMS Radio Network. Now, obviously. The 500s in a category of its own, but can you make an argument that this Iowa race is the second most exciting race on the schedule with IndyCar? You know, I, I think it's 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 all in what you're looking for. I mean, I, I mean, I, those are questions that we get asked. You know, I matter of fact, when when I finish with you, I'm, I'm talking to some folks from from one of our affiliates in Iowa, and of course. They certainly feel that way, and understandably so. And in terms of level of excitement, I think you're spot on. And I think the energy with the entertainment and, and all of the other things going on uh, certainly certainly puts it near the top. But I don't know. Over the past several years especially, I, I just feel like each and every weekend, you know, um, there are so many positives and so much energy to each and every one of our events, no matter where they are. I mean, uh, it, it just – it, it it just feels like a big deal no matter where you are, you know, be it Barber Motorsports Park and, you know, the new event in downtown Detroit and certainly Nashville and um, I, I said Barber Motorsports Park. And, oh, by the way, we start the season at St. Petersburg and, you know, the list goes on and on and on. I don't want to leave anybody or any promoter out, but um, – I know the crowds have been huge everywhere that we've been. I mean, I think the folks at Toronto said that, that this past weekend, you know, reminded them, the, the the ones that have been there since it started in the mid-'80s, said it feels like the buzz is certainly back there. And given what we've been through in terms of the pandemic, uh, I, I think you got to give a huge tip of the cap to, to Penske Entertainment and, and all the various track promoters that we enjoy such a wonderful relationship with for, for bringing excitement and energy uh, each and every weekend because that's not easy to do in a very, very tough battle for the entertainment dollar in this day and age. It's uh, Mark Jaynes, friend of the show. And uh, are, are you live from Monrovia right now, too? Actually, I'm in I'm in the home of Bob, I'm, I'm in the hometown of Bob Lovell, uh, Plainfield, Indiana, in okay. the springs of Saratoga. I, I do want to tell you <laughs> what a what a good week has been for me, John, because um, my most recent new Twitter follower is the great city of Cincinnati, Indiana. Started oh, following on Twitter. <laughs> Wait a minute here. I don't even does Cincinnati, Indiana, even follow me. You know how many good parties I've had in Cincinnati, Indiana. <laughs> I may, I, just, I may I have been. You would have me on soon. I, I had a. You would have me on soon. I wanted to share that with you. I I had a top five drunk in Cincinnati, Indiana. <laughs> it was top five drunk all time. <laughs> I mean, I embarrassed everybody outside of myself. I mean, that's Cincinnati. We call it, by the way, little. I yeah. or L I L little L-I-L. Cincinnati That's right. right there. Yeah. That's uh, obviously that is now basically where um, Eastern Green High School is. It's no longer so much in Eastern Heights as it is in Little Cincinnati, Indiana. Well, that's awesome that uh, Little Cincinnati, Indiana is following you on Twitter. 
Yeah, I returned the follow for sure. Had a lot of backyard pool parties right there, right across from the church. That's awesome. The church people were always really happy. I bet that's right. (laughs) Very happy with me church goers yeah. um, but anyway uh, it's a mark james who's with us via the andy moore automotive group hotline um ex- expectations this weekend too i get away from you know monetary hyvee and all that of iowa and the promotion and that that factor but where are we in the season wise and uh, uh what's hanging in the balance so to speak coming up this weekend uh, boy, there's a ton of storylines for sure. I mean, the incredible season that Alex Pillow has put together. I mean, ran, what, the last 25 or 30 laps with the front wing of that car all but falling off and, and still managed to get a second-place finish and has a massive lead to the championship. But uh, Joseph Newgarden is one of those guys in, in hot pursuit, I think, still with an outside chance, especially the fact you've got double points up for grabs this weekend. And I think I saw a stat earlier this week, and my apologies because I don't remember who posted it, but I think Joseph Dugarden has led more laps at Iowa Speedway than the rest of the field combined. So it only stands to reason that he's a favorite this weekend. Uh, Scott Dixon's led a lot of laps there, not one there, one of the few tracks that he's not won on. Um, And, you know, I think we've reached the point in the season where – Guys are driving for their for futures, not only with their current team, but perhaps with another team. And I, and I really think by the time we get to St. Petersburg in 2024, uh, more than half the roster is going to look. You know, the teams are going to look half, vastly different uh, than than they look this year. And there's also leader circles, money. The top 22 uh, get that, and uh, you know, there's some full time teams that are on the outside of that looking in, and so. Uh, you know, there's, there's there's plenty of stories to follow for sure, and um, and one of them is uh, is uh, will 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 Alex below a blink at any point? I, I would say that if if Lady Luck um, has ever smiled on anybody, she smiled on him last weekend, and uh, and I'm sure he hopes that she continues to to do so. I'm just uh, waiting for the opportunity for Will Power to flip the double bird to Lady Luck one of these days. <laughs> well, Will's one of them. Give, hey, to give you an idea of just how difficult it is to win in this series and what Pelot was doing is, is really – I mean, last year, you know, Will won the championship. He only won one race, which uh, I really thought that that's the kind of season that we would have again this year. But, you know, he's he's yet to get to victory lane, and I'm sure he'd like to change that. And so uh, I'm telling you, it's tough. Week in and week out, it is tough. And, and what Pelot has done has just been absolutely amazing. But uh, – you know, fortunes can turn on a dime for him, that's for sure. And I'm sure those that are chasing him, like, uh, you know, Scott Dixon and Joseph Newgard and even Erickson, even Pato Award, those guys are, are maybe hoping that those uh, those fortunes change a little bit for, for Pelot this weekend. Every, every time Will Power gives somebody the finger, I have to explain to people that it's flip and not flick. Why do so many people think it's flick? Do we know? Why is that? No, I'm not sure. Why should I have to explain that every time Will Power flips somebody off? I mean, I think there's a whole word, there's a whole book of, of words that are misused and, and used in the wrong context right. in, in, in that regard. So uh, maybe maybe you'll get that this weekend, and that discussion could come up again. I'm, I'm hopeful that that happens for you. There's maybe a lot for me, but I'm hopeful that that happens for you, buddy. If it does, you know, you got some drama to be describing yeah. to everybody. So that that part is is good. Hey, before I let you go, Simon Pagano, I mean, that was like the the wreck, uh, the, the toughest thing I've ever seen, wreck-wise. I, I don't know if I should even describe it as such, but it was bad uh, over a month ago. 
Um, he has yet to return to his car. Um, should we be concerned? I mean, he walked away and everything seemed okay at that moment, but should we be concerned about this? Well, the first thing, a couple of things that it revealed again, or I shouldn't say revealed, but it just reaffirmed. Uh, the, the AMR IndyCar safety team. No question. The absolute best in the business. And it also uh, confirmed that uh, bet- between, you know, the, the, the NTT IndyCar series, the technical side, and, and the amazing folks at Delara, the chassis manufacturer, uh, they have uh, obviously uh, created an incredible amount of protection uh, for these drivers, and all are to be commended for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, um, I, I think, you know, it's understandable because when you're talking about a racetrack that's about three-quarters of a mile in, in length and it's uh, it banks at 12 to 14 degrees and, you know, they're going to be turning laps in the 150-mile-an-hour range, if not more, I think, you know, I think it only makes sense to to make sure uh, that he is he is free and clear of, of any danger, uh, especially considering they're going to have to do it not once but twice. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, he's fully supportive of the decision, obviously, and I know he's got a lot of fans out there that hope that he gets back real, real soon. But uh, I think as we have seen in all forms of sports, John, moving forward, uh, they're going to err on the side of caution with these head injuries, and and I would say that that approach is long, long overdue. It's well, I'm a I'm a big fan of his too, so that's yep. what I'm I'm hoping for as well. Hey, um, how are things going in Monrovia? Uh, we're getting ready to go back. I think August seventh and eighth are the staff days. Can you and believe we, you got to uh, go back that early? You know what? There's uh, no way that, that Neil Neil Watson and Doug Cook did not go back that early in 1988. You know, I don't think they did. Um, I think we went back a little later. But, you know, John, I, I look forward to going back every year. I've, I've got great kids, and, and then we've got a great school system out there. And um, I just uh, – there's never been a time when summer rolled around the end of it, and I said, you know, man, I don't want to go back. Now, part of that's because high school football is just around the corner, and you know how I feel about that. No doubt. Uh, you know, big part of my life, big part of my family. And my son has uh, moved on from Speedway. He's now coaching defensive backs with Ben Davis. So we're going to look forward to, to Coach Mann's first year with the Ben Davis Giants. Nice. See what they can do. Um, they, they they softened up their schedule a little bit. They picked up IMG Academy and Cincinnati Molar. So, uh <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah. couple of soft weeks for the Ben Davis Giants in addition to playing that big conference schedule. So, uh, but uh, yeah, Coach Olson will have the Bulldogs rolling. We're sure, and we're excited about football, no doubt about it. All right, now is Monrovia still a natural rival of Emnitz? Uh, well, the scores do not indicate that, John. But uh, there's a healthy respect there for the two communities. That's for sure. I mean, I mean once uh, upon a time, that was like uh, it was like uh, you and Purdue, right? In that area? Uh, it was, it, it, no, no, it was crazy. And I mean, back in the days when they used to, you know, the smaller counties in the state of Indiana would keep track of the leading scores in the county. Those two, you oh, know, yeah. uh, would, would always have the top two scores in the county. And, and I'm telling you, they played twice a year. It was a home and home. But if you didn't get there during the JV game, you had a hard time finding a seat. But uh, no, it's still a healthy rivalry. Uh, there's there's great kids, great people out at Eminence, and, uh, and 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 we enjoy competing with them in a in a variety of sports. For sure. I remember it well in 1985 with Ed Webb at six foot five and his grape smugglers trying to post me up as a sophomore right there. I was going to have none of it, none of it, Mark. <laughs> 
I could hear Bruce Springsteen's Glory Days playing in my head right now. <laughs> I was, oh, I was, I was doing the finger wag wave before Dikembe Mutombo did it. No, no, I'm, I'm sure that's true. Not in here. All right, what time you guys hit the air on Saturday, brother? Uh, well, we're actually, you know, we'll we'll have the uh, we'll have the practice session uh, Friday afternoon. Okay. We actually get there early enough to get a chance to visit with the drivers. But uh, two fifteen Eastern, we'll have Indy next practice action. Then at three thirty, uh, we'll have the IndyCar practice session. Then we'll be out all throughout the day, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but you know, all, all the qualifying shows and, and, and races and whatnot. And you can uh, you can join us uh, uh, on our on our proud flagship. Right where you are, brother. Hey, man, bring back some high V fried chicken from the deli. I want to see how that tastes. Okay. Now, from what I understand, uh, Michael Young always brings back. I, I guess they have like really good blue cheese crumbles or something out there. And Mike, Michael is a blue cheese crumble track dude is a blue cheese crumble connoisseur. So I'm, I'm anticipating he's going to try to find a way to bring back some blue cheese crumbles. Well, just may, yeah, ask, ask him for me if you would to bring back some from fried chicken from the deli. But I, I just want I like want breast. I don't want I don't want drumsticks or anything like that. Just you know, give me a couple of good solid breasts right there from no, the deli. No, no chicken, no chicken fingers or chicken strips or anything. No, like I don't that. want poppers or yeah, popcorn chicken. Just give me the real deal. I want to taste the real fried chicken from the deli of Hy-Vee. Make sure he knows. We'll see, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Thank you, buddy. Safe travels. All right, take care, man. So, Mark James of the IMS Radio Network. He is the voice of the greatest spectacle in racing, and of course, of IndyCar, and just an outstanding dude. Podcast at 1075thefan.com, and again, we'll. Uh, Give our best to Simon Pagenaud, who, if you look back on it in the month of May, was probably the most interesting interview that we had. He was so good on here. And we wish him absolutely nothing but the best. All right. One of the top players of the state of Indiana bounces here locally. Lalamir, here he comes. We'll talk about that coming up at the top of the hour. And the effect that's going to have on area hoopage coming up this year. That and more with Kyle Nedenrup of the Star and Tom Deanhart covers Purdue, both basketball and football. We'll get an update on both in the 5 o'clock hour. Don't go anywhere. 93.5-107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Ooh, guns, guns, guns. Come on, Sal. The Tigers are playing. Two nights. I never miss a game. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right. Hot off the presses from our incredible executive producer, Todd Meyer. Up from a robust zero a year ago. I will be out at Colts camp 
Not once, but twice coming up this year. That is Wednesday, August the 16th, and Thursday, August the 17th. Make a note of it. Both of those practice times are in the evening. So back-to-back days in Westfield. So meet me up there, and we'll all go to Birdie's and play some putt-putt. Be just like one of those Eastern dates I had back in the day. All right, let's go to Chi-Chi's or a movie or Putt-Putt. What are we doing? There's your choice. Wednesday, August the 16th and Thursday, August the 17th. So there we go. I believe uh, Colt City hours that day, four until eight. Actually, both days. I'm sorry, four until eight. But yeah, in, in a, again, a year ago, I didn't go up there because there was not a time during the week that was conducive for me being up there. I mean, otherwise, I'm just kind of sitting in the parking lot by myself. And while that can be really entertaining to me, actually, that is like the best entertainment I've had in a couple of weeks, I'm sure. But much better when things are going on. 16th and the 17th of August, so mark your calendar. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, back-to-back weeks from the Indy Star, and nobody covers high school stuff like our friend Kyle Nedrip again via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Do we call, you know, a dude going to overtime elite and another dude going to La Lamere? Are these high school defections? I think so. That's probably that's probably a good way to put it. I mean, it's a it's a uh, IHSAA uh, defection, I guess. I mean, they're still technically playing high school basketball, right. just just not uh, not under the state umbrella anymore. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, this one's a little was a little surprising from a standpoint of uh, you know Jalen that played with uh, Fishers through June, and I I kind of thought if he did go, it would be next year because he does have two years of high school left. Uh, but uh, obviously decided to do it now and, uh, you know, going to Lalamere where, you know, as we know, that, that name has become uh, more prevalent in high school basketball in the last uh, probably 10 to 12 years than it was previously. And uh, he's following uh, in those footsteps of some of those players like Jaron Jackson Jr. who have gone and played at Lalamere. Now, are they getting paid? To do that, because obviously catching's overtime elite. There's there's payment involved there, right? You're going to get something. Well, I mean, you're you have an opportunity to, to earn nil, like in in Cannon's case, you know, right. overtime elite. Like you know, you, when it originally started, it was sort of a thing where you know you go down there, you sign for a hundred thousand, you become a pro right away. Now they have sort of this, you know, because of nil, you can go to overtime elite. Um, you know, go on basically on scholarship. And you have an opportunity to earn NIL money um, and maintain your college eligibility. Uh, so that's a possibility. Uh, but as far as like signing to go pro, that's not, you know, they, they, you can do that at Overtime Elite, but that's not uh, the only thing uh, available to you there now. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you have a, you have NIL opportunities that, you know, under the, uh, the uh, state association rules aren't uh, there for you, obviously. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this one's more, you know, with Harrelson and catchings, I think really it's, it's, uh, you know, they're two separate situations, but, you know, talking to people, you know, today and, and, 
and last week, really, it's it's sort of one of those things where, you know, this is probably the reality of where we are with, with high school basketball anymore, where, you know, I don't think every five-star athlete's going to go to prep school, but, you know, there are opportunities all over, you know, in the summer when they're playing, you know, a lot of these prep schools are talking to them and, and, and recruiting them, basically, kind of like a college would. So, I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, you go down the list of top 50 players and in the state or in the uh, not the state but the country you know a lot of those guys are playing um some sort of prep school opportunity so it's just kind of where we're at now and, and to lose two in a week seems like you know oh man this is uh you know it's a lot and it is and those two are super talented players who i think will be nba players eventually uh but uh but yeah it seems like a lot just because you know we talked six days ago about this and uh you know to lose another one it's uh it seems pretty dramatic right now. Now, I, I asked you last week, Kyle Nedrup is joining us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. If Brownsburg were prepared for that with catchings, and you said that they were prepared for it, was, was Fishers prepared? I don't think quite as much. To, to I think I think they were prepared for it to happen next year. <laughs> so, you know, okay. I, think the, the, I think the timing of it, um, it was surprising. You know, I'll say that, you know, just from, you know, and I know Garrett Weininger, I talked to him, you know, quoted him in the story and, you know, he was, uh, you know, he, he, I will say, I mean, in both cases, I think both coaches are, are definitely in the corner of these kids and they understand the opportunities presented to them. Uh, and I know, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, catchings and, and Steve Lynch last week, and he obviously had great things to say about Cannon. It's kind of the same way here. Uh, and you won't hear any, you know, I mean, Jalen's about as humble uh, a kid as they come, and, and, and everyone likes him. And, you know, so it's nothing uh, against Jalen at all. I think just the, the timing of it might have caught them a little bit off guard, but I think the the general sense of uh, him having these opportunities not surprising whatsoever. Uh, so, you know, I, I think they probably, because he did play with them through June, and, and, you know, they had a lot of success through June and, and were set up to have a really good season, probably still are, uh, even without him. But you lose a guy like that, obviously, you're, uh, you take on a, li- a little bit of a blow, uh, a lot a lot blow. So it, it, it's hard to replace a guy like that. You can't do it. Um but, yeah, I would say I think the fact that he's going to prep school, not a huge surprise. The fact that he's going now is, is a little bit of a surprise. Well, you go to overtime elite, and I'm assuming you can make that jump like we saw with those Thompson twins, right? You can make that jump, whereas with, with Lalamere, how does that work? You, you can't – and I guess what I'm trying to ask you is what, what was – I guess we know the benefit for catchings. What's the benefit here with, with two years remaining for Harrelson? Well, they're going so, uh, and I think this happened in late in 2021. They went to play in the NIBC, which is sort of a, a, a conference of prep schools, basically. And then there's some, you know, connection for, um, you know, I, basically playing in sort of a college level type of. Uh, I, and I'm saying this is probably the pitch to them is hey, you get to come play and. Uh, you know, this conference where we're playing high level teams all the time, where we're, we're preparing you for college with our, uh, you know, nutrition, weight room, all this stuff. And I, I would argue that a lot of our schools here, uh, to a certain extent, as much as they can, offer great facilities, great coaching, and, and, and all of those things as well. Um, but I think that's the pitch, I guess, is what I'm saying. I know that's kind of the, the idea is, hey, we can travel around, we can play you know, we're not under any any rules, any state association rules, and, and you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put you with with players who are going to play at your level, and 
you know, you know, and high schools can't say that they're not going to be able to do that to that extent anyway, uh, as far as the personnel you're playing with. Um, so I think that's the pitch. And I think going now, you know, you get two years of that, I guess, rather than just one, um, you know, so I, I, I think that's maybe what they're, they're offering, but they're playing in this NIBC, which is sort of a new conference that's affiliated with other prep schools. And I don't know, I think they have some sort of a, you know, television, uh, situation or, or whatever their broadcast situation is. Uh, you know, to put those games on. And I just know a little bit about it, not a ton. But, you know, I think that's kind of the the pitch anyway. And, you could, like I said, you could argue whether that's uh, it's going to get you there or not. I would argue Ketchings and Harrelson are going to be NBA players regardless of where they go. I mean, uh, and that was going to be what I was going to say. I mean, ultimately, yeah. the, their path is going to lead them to where they want to go. So why, I guess, in this case, should it matter that change of landscape so dramatically? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I think, and you know, talking to Ketching's mom last week, that's what they, you know, that's that's really the the hard decision they had to make. And I'm hoping to talk to Jalen's dad here later, but uh, you know, I don't know exactly, but I'm assuming it's kind of the same deal. I mean, you just have a lot of opportunities. And I wrote a, a follow up column. I think we'll run in the morning, but just kind of about about this uh, situation, the, these these opportunities that are out there. And it, it, as a high school basketball fan, it's, it hurts. You know, it's, you don't you don't want to watch a watered down version of, of high school basketball. You know, and you're losing these top guys. It, it feels watered down, uh, but it's not. You know, this isn't the first time it's happened. You know, Devonte Smith Rivera went to Oak Hill Academy. You know, ten, eleven years ago. Uh, you know, there's been several guys who have left, and the, and the product has still been really good you know and and we move on and there's the next big thing comes along and not all these guys are going to go you know it seems like i said it seems like a lot right now because we just had two of them but you know the product is still going to be really good but also we have to understand this is going to happen and it's not going to happen with everybody from all indications flory is going to be back at kokomo and you know trent sisley is going to be back at, at heritage hills and you know some of the guys down the line are still going to be in place at their respective schools so uh but it does i mean you want to watch you know fishers and brownsburg play each other this year you'd love to see catching versus harrelson you know and that's the those are the matchups that the fans come out for you know so that's kind of the that's kind of the unfortunate part of this and and it's not all on their shoulders to to appeal to the the high school basketball fans but it does feel like something's lost when they when they leave and uh certainly in this in these two cases uh, a great deal is lost you know, because we, we know what kind of players they are yeah, maybe ultimately I, I others romanticize too much about what it would be how awesome would it be to be you know that type of big man on campus and you know lead your your school to a a state title I and mean, i you know i i know others would not have the same feeling not all of us the same feeling um as as we might have maybe we romanticize about it too much i i just never really thought that that was too much to really ask sometimes i kind of wonder what is lost in translation but i will tell you this i don't know all the ultimate benefits that they would tell me that would be going on that we're completely unaware of in this case so maybe you know there's an overriding and overwhelming reason as to why there's you know those particular defections there but man it uh it'd be hard pressed to want to give you know those those opportunities up to go to you know one of these basketball factories but 
Yeah, and I think uh, I think if you ask Marcus Burton, who had a chance to go to Lalamere last year, he ended up staying at Penn. You know, he wins Mr. Basketball and, and everything, you know, on the surface, you know, and from talking to him, it worked out great, you know. So, how did it work not, out for Paul Scruggs? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to ask Paul. I mean, is he still like, playing? He's played in college about nine years. Is he still playing in college at Xavier? <laughs> no, he's done, he's done with college. I'm not sure where Paul's and, playing. You know now, what? And, and I hate to interrupt, but did you ever ask Smith Rivera if he were to go back and do it again, if he would make those same decisions? I had a great conversation with him probably four or five years ago about that, and and he did feel like he lost something uh, by leaving. But I, I think on the same token, he had a great experience at Oak Hill too. He he was kind of down the middle on that, you right. know, and he would have he would have had a chance to win Mr. Basketball, and he, you know, I think looking back, he he did feel like he missed out, but he also, you know, had a had a good. I think they went undefeated at Oak Hill, and he went on to Georgetown and had a good experience there. Uh, so I did. I did have that conversation with him, and, and he did admit, you know, he felt like he missed out on some some things, but also benefit, felt like he benefited some. So I think that's the thing. It's like you don't know. It, it's hard for us to sit back and, and say it's one thing that's leading kids right. to do this. It's more than it, you know, everyone's situation. I know from talking to Catching's mom last week. It's it's there's things off the floor they think he would benefit from. You know, it's not just one thing. It's it's each individual's perspective. Uh, and and we're not in those families. It's, it's, you can't know everything. So, you know, we can sit back and make judgments, and we do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but from I look at it from the perspective of the high school basketball fan because I am one, you know, and it's in that – in that uh, that's a, it hurts that we lose these guys. You know, it really does. But, uh, but there's other players who now are going to – get a chance and and uh i guarantee by the time february march rolls around we're not talking about this we're talking about you know who the who the good players are we're looking forward to watching and it's going to be packed houses everywhere and and it'll be good you know but uh but right now it just it does kind of it stinks that that it's happened yeah and, and that's why i brought up a cal dendrip of the star joins us I, I brought up the you know maybe we as an older generation romanticize about it too much whereas that particular generation does not see it the same way and i'm assuming there is a lot of that that's going on there but that's why i wanted to ask you about smith rivera as well because i, I brought up Paul Scruggs is because things, I mean, you could have brought, you know, the, the ultimate to Southport with that particular group that was guided by Kyle Simpson at the time. And ex- instead you kind of exchanged that for, you know, a, a school with, you know, 10 computers in a room and your legacy. I mean, you could build a leg. I guess I look at it more that way. And again, maybe that's romanticizing it too much, but it just seems like you can have a legacy high school wise at some of these places. And, you know, if it doesn't go your way at Lalamere or where you go, I mean, even if you ultimately go to the next level, you're just not going to have that history of that legacy. And it just seems like sometimes there should be a little bit more meaning behind that than I get, I think actually uh, some give it credit to be, but no, I, again, this I, is I completely, I completely get what you're saying. And, and that uh, is very true. I think you look at what Harrelson, if he goes all four years and he, he, uh, he breaks every record. I mean, Fisher's hasn't been around long, but it's, he, he's the, 
he's the all-time everything uh, for that school, and, and you know, and he'll still be associated. Well, with I mean, and the, and the girls, their their girls were in the state finals in four A, right? Mm-hmm. This past year. I mean, you could go, yeah, girls and boys up there could be a, a juggernaut, and. I don't know. I think, I guess, Kyle, as much as we can look at it as these would be the benefits for us, for example, they probably could tell us what individually the benefits could be for them. Yeah, and I think they don't know either right now. You know, you're kind of going into it where you don't know for sure, but you've got to choose one path or the other, and you can't, you don't have the benefit of kind of doing both for, you have to do, if you're going to do it, you got to do it, and and that's what they're doing. And, and, you know, I, I, you know, Jalen Harrelson's about as he, – he's great to talk to. You know, I, I can't wish him more uh, luck than I – you know, I, I hope he does great and everything goes great for him to be you – know, I, I really do. Uh, and he's a great player, you know. So – and Cannon is too. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think anybody knows for sure. And what would have happened if they would stay compared to what – we'll never know that for sure. But, but yeah, you do give up. You give up a lot. And I think, uh, you know, that's, that's the part of that where you have to weigh it and judge – you know, what you're giving up, is it worth it? And, you know, in their cases, they decided it was. And, and we'll never know for sure if they, if right or wrong or indifferent, but uh, but this is the path they chose. And they won't be the last ones either. I think no. we'll, we'll see we'll see more of this. It's uh, Kyle Nedenrip of the Star via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I didn't want to shift gears. And because I know a couple that I think are going to be in their final seasons, and we've, we've talked about the lack of officials, you know, moving forward here in, in high school basketball circles here. How is the, the amount of officials officiating going, the bodies they have in terms of, of football? Where are they right now compared to where they want to be? I know it's a it's a concern of the uh, the, high, the coaches. Uh, I put out a you know kind of a, a poll uh, here in the last couple of weeks and getting some of the feedback back from the coaches. And I know that's something that comes up. You know, kind of I asked the question, kind of what what you, what concerns you? And I think officiating is number one. You know, not the quality of officiating, but just the the amount of officials that that uh, are out there doing the games. And this is something that's kind of been a front burner. Uh, topic and especially when COVID happened and there were some crews that you know just didn't uh, participate that year and then I think you know guys who didn't come back you know to to referee um, so yeah I think I think right now I mean I think they're not to the point of uh, of canceling games or or anything like that but there does come a critical mass I know that's something the IHSA's talked about and they're 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 doing what they can to you know I know they're they've been out at state events. Uh, recruiting officials in, in in multiple sports and and that's kind of become a, a big topic for them as well uh, to try to get more officials involved and not only that but I think it's retention of officials you know you'll 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 get a lot who sign up to do it and may do it for a while but can you keep them involved in it longer than a couple of years and that's kind of been a problem as well but uh, but yeah I think it's uh you know I I, I don't know if football is is as quite as bad or not not bad as maybe as quite a critical mass as like uh, uh, baseball. You know, I know baseball's had trouble, um, you know, getting enough umpires and and having to postpone games, especially at the uh, at the non varsity levels a lot of times. So, uh, you know, I think that's that's been the sport that's maybe been hurt a little bit more even than football. But football, you're talking about a, a larger number and. You know, there's less games, but they're all on one night, basically. So that got, kind of spreads you thin also. So, yeah, it's it's definitely an issue, and it's something that, 
you know, I think everyone's talking about, which is which is good. I think ten years ago we probably weren't talking about it enough. Now it's now it's something that's out there and people know it's a problem. And I think, uh, you know, that awareness, I think, has is, is probably helped a little bit here in the last year or two. I don't know if it was this way for you in Nebraska, but for me growing up in Greene County, we were a missing umpire away from some old guy in jeans running out there and uh, calling balls and strikes. It never really mattered to us. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, I didn't think about it. You, know, you didn't even think about it back then. And uh, and now it's like, man, I mean, I don't, my, my older son's been doing uh, – he did some basketball this year, and, and I went out and watched a couple of games and you know and then luckily he stayed out of the out of the uh the coach's way you know as far as them getting on to him but uh but yeah man watching the game from that perspective is you watching your kid do a referee a game and man that's a totally different uh I did not. I did not know what that would be like. You know, it was a little bit weird. But, we had umpires uh, take cigarette breaks between innings, like when we warmed up and you know did some quick on the field stuff. Uh, they would smoke cigarettes. Oh yeah, well I remember back in uh, you know out at, half, at halftime of basketball games, they'd be out in the hallway smoking. <laughs> uh, <so. laughs> That's where they gave. They don't offer pass outs anymore, do they? I don't think those are pass outs. No, you just go stand in the uh, you know in the doorway there in the uh, where you're kind of outside but not really. So I always thought that like leather and cigarette smoke was a cologne that we used at Eastern, but it was just <laughs> like the entryway there where everybody smoked cigarettes when it was too cold. Hey, I did want to ask you one more thing before I let you go. In terms of the how should I put this the uh, the uh, dip crappery that we see from from parents and fans often too much would the ihsaa right now say that that is still on the rise has it leveled off is it in a decline where would they be with the the order of those those parents and fans sometimes getting out of at games right now yeah, I mean, that's something – actually, I was at a uh, Marion County Athletic Director meeting earlier this morning, and uh, and Paul Nightig stopped through, and he, he brought up uh, – you know, he's talking about sportsmanship, not necessarily with fans, but uh, kind of their yearly talk about, you know, sportsmanship and, and you know, meaning more for coaches and players. But I know fan behavior is, is at top of the – you know, we talk about officials. I think fan behavior might be right there with it as far as, you know, things that they talk about often and – uh, you know, you see the signs out and things like that. I don't know that, you know, I don't know that it's been any worse. I mean, it's kind of anecdotally from the games that I cover. I don't see a, you know, I don't see a ton of it, you know, other than just hearing the, you know, hearing some things and, and occasionally you'll see something that's, you know, slightly out of control. I don't see a ton of it though. And, and I know it's kind of case to case, but uh, they do document those. And now, you know, if a, if a fan gets, gets kicked out of a game he's not supposed to come back here she's not supposed to come back uh for another game um you know how you can monitor that i'm not exactly sure but uh that's supposed to be you know supposed to stem some of some of the uh behavior that you might have that could be coming from the same person sometimes so uh, i know again it's something that they're aware of and, and working on but I always think, too, it's hard for, you know, this, the individual schools have so much going on. You know, it's hard to put that on a, an AD or assistant AD to, hey, you got to control uh, uh, Mr. Smith up there in the bleachers, too. I mean, at some point it's got to be, you know, uh, it's, it's personal behavior. You just have to be accountable for yourself. And, and, you know, if not, I guess then you are uh, banned for, for whatever period of time. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it's 
something that's definitely out there too. But um, you know, again, I don't I don't see a ton of that, and hopefully I hopefully that continues. But you know, you see you cover enough games, you're going to see some yeah some bad things time to time for sure. All right, what are you writing about, Kyle? Uh, like I said, I've got a kind of a follow up on this on the Harrelson and, and catchings and the prep school uh, thing coming tomorrow morning, and then uh, lots of football. I was down at uh, Center Grove last night. I got a, a story coming on them pretty soon on uh, kind of their their drive for fourth straight six uh, A championship. And uh, what, what do you th- what do you think about stuff. the University of Center Grove? Well, I, t- I was out at their Bantam League uh, camp last night, and you talk about a <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, that is a that is something else entirely. It's it. I knew that was there. I'd seen it from the road before, but uh, yeah, no wonder they make me pl- pay money to like play pickup games there, so they can uh, build and tear down the steps like nine or nine or ten different times to get inside the natatorium there. Oh man, yeah that that uh, you know that that system they have there with the the youth program is really. Uh, really good and, and obviously that a lot goes to uh you know the the tradition they have there and the success you have but it also it's a lot of manpower and it's a lot of uh you know sweat you know put into that so you've been in that natatorium yeah. have you been in that natatorium oh yeah 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 and they're new i didn't uh, even indoor. know they had swimming there i had no idea yeah the and new indoor uh, track and, and facility there is unbelievable too Ooh, the sack yeah. The sack. The sack sucks to play basketball in, though, buddy. You wouldn't want to play hoop in the sack. <laughs> the sack. The sack sucks every Thursday night. But I think they've like uh, they've built and then torn down, and now they're building again the steps leading up to the natatorium. So I'm assuming that's where that's where my court rental fees go right there is to do that. I'm proud to do it because I got to play. Got to play somewhere. Well, I'm proud of you. You're still playing. That's something else. Well, you know, I get screwed at Southport because the uh, baseball coach and, and friend of this show, uh, Dudas, Coach Dudas, uh, is uh, big time into wiffle ball. And these guys got to go around to tournaments and completely hose me on Sunday mornings. So they got to find oh, games right. here or there. Yeah. Coach Dudas is awesome, by the way, too. If you've never met him, baseball coach at Southport, he is yeah. fantastic. Up and comer right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. I know he's a wiffle ball guy. And that's, this is the only good. time I'll ever call him Coach Dudas, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is a wiffle ball guy. He's got a field. I don't know if you've seen that Doyle yeah. story that behind his yeah. house over there, off of Epler. He's got a field, so it's really Unbelievable. cool. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Great dude. Yeah. Great dude. All right. Hey, job well done as always, and uh, we'll read those lead ups obviously to the start of the football season, man. Thanks, Kyle. You bet. Thanks for having me on, John. It's uh, Kyle Nedenrip of the star of the Eddie Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Dudas just hoses me, man, on Sunday. I mean, even after these long nights on the Jamby Takeover, I get up at 6 in the morning. I take a 45-minute long, 135-degree shower to get loose. And these guys are all out there playing wiffle ball, just screwing me over. Yeah, no wonder I'm getting fat. Thanks a lot. Blame those guys. A quick one. We'll come back. I got time for you and I on the other side. We've got Tom Deanhart, top of the hour, a couple of different things. Boilermaker football, which is upcoming. Boilermaker basketball, the offseason, how that's gone since we saw the disappointment of Fairleigh Dickinson. Tom Deanhart, top of the 5 o'clock hour, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. They call me Cuba Pete. I'm the king of a rumba beat. When I play the maracas, I go chick chicky boom chick chicky boom. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, Pacers forward rookie Jarris Walker, eighth or overall selection in last month's NBA draft, underwent a minor procedure to remove loose bodies in his right elbow. Now, when he was in studio, I could not tell that there were loose bodies in his elbow. Evidently, that was the case. And according to Wojnarowski, a procedure has been done. Walker is expected to be fully recovered for the start of training camp in September. Maybe those... Loose bodies in the red elbow happened over the course of Summer League. But should be, I shouldn't even say should be, expected to be fully recovered for the start of training camp in September. The latest news on Jarris Walker. I mentioned this a little bit earlier too. A lot of people were sending me stuff last night. The Reds lose the completion of that suspended by rain game that happened on Monday night. So they lose that in just underwhelming fashion. (laughs) De La Cruz gets picked off. Pitching stuff. And then you lose the next game where they had really a lot of opportunities. And and many of these games we've seen since they've been back from the All-Star break are reminiscent of game situations in which prior to the All-Star break, the Reds were winning. And as I mentioned back in June, I'm going to celebrate every moment of this 12-gamer, every moment of this newfound joy of this Reds team, because you never really know when it's going to end. A lot of you viewed that as me being, as I like to mention often, uh, or having, in this case, a schlep-rockish attitude. And it wasn't that. It was just, it, I mean, this is great, but there's a lot of incredibly fortunate, timely hitting. And certainly up until that point, not a lot of pitching going along with it. And he just kind of knew at some point, I guess I didn't expect the bottom to fall out as in the fashion in which it has so far, but it's definitely fallen out. But I'm prepared for it. Like I enjoyed it. I celebrated it. I talked junk about it. I would do it again the same way. I saw this from Lance McAllister, who often comes on the show from 700 WLW. He is the host of Extra Innings on the Big One 2 after Reds games. Uh, he had tweeted this. This Reds team was never as good as we all hoped. That doesn't mean they're bad. It means we all got ahead of ourselves. It means they played at a 101 win pace for over two months. Maintaining that level was not a reasonable expectation. 
as he continues. And I just kind of look at it as that's kind of how I felt at the time. But I don't care. It stinks right now because it was a tough watch. You just remember when you got in that pattern as a Reds fan in June where you waited for him to come back. You waited for him to steal that base. You waited for him to make that play, to get that big hit, to have that big inning. Now you're waiting for just crap to happen. That part does stink. But there is no doubt that this team was not as good as the way that they looked. But man, in June, they were as fun to watch as any Reds team that I have seen in a long time. So I will still have that. And I'll take it. Hey, Scott writes this. Hey, JMV, Josh Allen, the Bills won six games in 18 and 19. I'd set the over-under at six and more likely under without Shaq Leonard. I, I don't know if Leonard is as meaningful as that, but I will tell you, I would take the under of six. I would definitely set it at six. We agree, certainly, Scott, on that. And I would take the under right now. And that's not schlep rocking it. That's just realistically looking at it. Hey, I know it stinks. You're going to year number seven of the general manager, and you're just going, okay, so when's this going to happen? Now we're told to wait a little bit longer. Again, we shall see what happens coming up. This is going to be the most exciting camp that we have seen in a while because you have a hopeful future quarterback that is still a great mystery. And you're going to be picking that apart just like those that report on the team every single day. Everyone. Jeremiah writes this, so JMV, I'm fine with the smoke in the face seat by a fire pit, especially when I'm listening to the JMV takeover with an ice-cold adult beverage. That does make it better. But I think sometimes you kind of feel bad about it because that thing follows you around. And I know it's not fire pit time right now. You'll set everything on fire, and then I don't think you're really comfortable sitting around a fire pit when it's 150 degrees. That said... When the smoke follows you around, that's normally not a great night around the fire pit. So my kid was running today at Craig Park, right? So I'm over at Craig Park kind of waiting. And Craig Park, much like a lot of these other parks, have transitioned into or recently built whatever, uh, have a number of pickleball courts. I could not believe how many people were playing that early in the morning. Could not believe it. So I I subtly ask exactly what the scoring was. I didn't know if you scored pickleball like you score tennis or do you score pickleball like you score ping pong? Does anybody know I have never played? It's never occurred to me. But I will say when I'm watching all these people look like they're having a pretty good time, I'm, I'm down with having a good time. That didn't look like there's a lot of movement going on. But it looks like everybody's pretty happy with the outcome. 
but it was packed. And then I'm driving between uh, Bargersville and where I live. They have a new park over there with a splash pad and all that crap, right? And they have an endless amount of pickleball courts. I mean, hell, we're going to see more pickleball courts than we are basketball courts outside. Hey, let's go get a pickup game. Well, we can't because where we used to play is going to be a pickleball court now. I had no idea how to score a game of pickleball. Somebody told me it was like ping pong. It looks like a lot of people are having fun with it. It must be sweeping the absolute nation right there. I don't know what is sweeping more. Pickleball may be the most popular thing going right now. I mean, hell with the NFL. Let's pickleball. Stephen writes this. I'm confused with the Colts over under at six. Do we get better at all? Uh, Matt Gay with the kicker. Okay. I just think, to me, you can look at it as getting better as long as you see the effective growth of the quarterback because there are going to be a lot of mistakes there. But if you can see that growth, that's going to be good. I just don't know how much of that growth is going to translate into wins. So I would expect them to be a game better than a year ago. But, Stephen, you also remember a year ago came with a great deal of big-top mentality, meaning it was a circus. You can't have a circus this year. I hate to undersell it like that, but I think that's exactly how you have to look at it. I see some that cover, and and really not anybody from around here, but some that cover and say, hey, this is a 9-win team or a 10-win team. Man, I hope that you are right. I just don't see it. I don't even know how you can justifiably see it that if you're thinking they're going to win nine or ten games how do you justifiably see it if they do that then you know that selection they made it for was stratospherically the right selection and maybe the greatest selection of all time dude has 13 games under his belt that's who you want to start. It seems like that there's a wide berth between some of you believing nine or ten as an expectation right now and what ultimately is going to take place. But again, I hope that you're right. I hope that you're right. I hope that I'm underselling it. I hope that they're underselling it for a reason. Because there is a reason. Uh, It'd be nice if they would blow by expectations for once. Normally, they're living well below the expectations. Normally, they set the bar up here, and they're in the basement. That would be a different and, to me, a very enjoyable twist for everybody. Be Tough to see right now. A quick one, we'll come back. Tom Deanhart, top of the hour. Uh, We'll get a little look-see on Boilermaker football. We'll also... Off-season-wise, take a look at the Boilermaker basketball program. A little Boilermaker conversation for you, Purdue fans. Tom Deanhart, top of the hour, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Excuse me, sir. There's been a little problem in the cockpit. The cockpit? What is it? It's the little room in the front of the plane where the pilots sit. That's not important right now. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Oh, the Lounge via YouTube Live. Hello, everybody. Kyle Nedrup with the star a little bit earlier. Jalen Harrelson. Balen Fisher's going to Lalamere. Oh, that's Laporte, Indiana. The home of my... That's where my dad grew up, Laporte. (laughs) Laporte, Indiana. And spent about five minutes at Miami. I think Lee Corso was down there. Mark Van Egan, who played most notably NFL-wise. He was a football player, but uh, Mark Van Egan, I think, was his roommate maybe for a year. My dad flunked out of Miami. Two peas in a pod, we are. <laughs> nice. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Lala Mayor is the destination. We talked to Kyle about that and a lot of other things. A little preparation for the high school football season. Podcast, if you missed it, Kyle Ned and Rip of the Star. 107.5thefan.com. Jarris Walker, Pacer rookie, evidently had a minor procedure to remove loose bodies. And his right elbow, who among us would not like to have some loose bodies we maintain removed? I don't even know where to begin on that. That may be all day. Here are all my loose bodies. Grab your scalpel and let's go to work. But according to Wojnarowski, Walker is expected to be fully recovered for the beginning of training camp coming up for the Pacers in September. It's a thought right there. It's from Jason, AJMV. I know it's wishful thinking. A win today and the Cardinals will have won five of six against bad teams since the All-Star break. They play the Cubs eight times in the next 11 days. Finishing July with a strong showing could make things interesting for two months. See, that's what will make me vomit. It's not the Reds screwing the pooch here in July. Not the Reds messing up the bed here in July messing up the summertime for us Reds fans when we had a little bit of enjoyment there for a moment in the month of June. It would be this whole resurrection thing, the the, uh, reanimator version of Cardinals baseball. I don't need that. No, we don't need that. Not at all. We need to see where the Cardinals need to remain, where the Cardinals remain. That will make everything okay. Yeah, I don't need to see that otherwise. Probably right, though. It's not like it'll be the first time we haven't seen it. This may be the most severe time of a turnaround in Cardinal baseball history. I don't know, but it certainly would would be par for their course. Shout out to Jeremy Bullard, who invited me to a place called, along with Jay Query, that would be a hell of a time, Capone's in downtown Shelbyville. Tomorrow for my 
41st birthday, listen to Jay Baker music. Jay Baker music, by the way. Jay Baker music is a band. I think somebody brought them up. Are they a trio? Like the Thompson Twins. Jay Baker music. We could all take a selfie in front of the quarry building over there. Happy birthday. Happy 41st to Jeremy Bullard. Capone's. Capone's in Shelbyville sounds like a tavern tour stop location one of these days. You guys will often drop in ideas for a tavern tour stop. That sounds like one right there. Capone's in Shelbyville. Now, is that the place where Donald Baker has done some stand-up routines over there? Capone's? Yeah, that'd be outstanding. Happy birthday, Jeremy. 41st coming up tomorrow. They're celebrating with the Jay Baker Trio. Hey, Capone's in Shelbyville. Hey, quick one. We'll come back. Boilermaker fans, you've been asking me about it. We'll go double barrel action here, right? We'll go football with the Boilermakers. We'll go basketball offseason. What has transpired since? Fairly Dickinson. Tom Deanhart will join us. Golden Black Illustrated. Everything about the Boilers coming up on the other side. Hour three straight ahead on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Well, you're going to have to say that. You're going to have to speak up because I can't hear you. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, crank up. Because we want to be rocking like docking to bring on our next guest here, okay? <laughs> we mean in my dreams. Rocking like docking. Hour three of this show on a Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us. Kyle Nedrip a little bit earlier. And Mark Jaynes a little bit earlier. We got a, an update on High V. Somebody give me a Zionsville High V update, too. I need to. I love me some Kroger, but I need a good, and I love old school IGAs, you know that. But I need a new grocery store in my life. Me and I, or IV, come on, dude. A Hy-Vee update, Zionsville folks, won't you? On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, he's very proud to be brought on board. Rockin' like docking, Tom Deanhart at Golden Black Illustrated. Tommy D, hello. Hey, John. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, appreciate that intro music. Uh, always brings back a lot of good memories. And, yeah, we talked about grocery stores. I'm always pining for the old Marshes. Remember Marsh? We value you. Oh, yeah. They just screwed that whole thing up. That was a great one. They had a great one down by me. I mean, and I like the old buildings that said uh, beer, wine, and spirits right under the Marsh name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. That was good too. But yeah, yeah, that's funny. Old girl. She says West Lafayette had a bunch called Smitty's, one of our real super hyper local uh, 
local grocery store. So yeah, everything, every, like, like everything else in life, there, there's fewer right. of it, and, and, and what's left is bigger. I love IGAs. Bedford, Indiana has a great IGA, great one, um, and. I, I hear from people all the time in and around Evansville and certainly across southern Illinois and in and around the St. Louis area love their schnooks. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so and, and you said, yeah, St. Louis has schnooks and Deerbergs are the big two. And and, and and there's actually high D in Indianapolis. Um, I had heard that there was gonna be one built in and around Zionsville, but nobody has confirmed this to me yet. Normally listening audiences on top of it, but they have I, I think some head up rear end syndrome going on here today. I don't know why. Hi. Because Hy-Vee's by Kansas City, Minnesota, yeah, sort of that area. So that's interesting. Well, that we're moving to uh, moving to Naptown. They, there. Tommy D, are a big sponsor in IndyCar and actually sponsoring the Iowa race that's coming up this weekend yeah. up in Iowa. And in fact, drop a lot of cash because they are. And believe me, don't get me wrong. I love Carb Day. I love Brian Adams and Soul Asylum and Perner and all. That's great. But they're they're bringing up to Iowa. Get ready for this. Um, Kenny Chesney, Zach Brown Band, Carrie Underwood, and Ed Sheeran. Whoa. Yeah. So they're sinking a lot of money in that. And I love me some Brian Adams. I'm assuming that that group probably is a little more expensive than the Carb Day extravaganza here. I'm just guessing it. <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. So, yeah, the grocery store, uh, grocery store expansions. The other one I remember – in my childhood in Lafayette was one called Eisner. Oh, Eisner. well, see, Eisner is in and around the uh, Chicago area, right there. Yeah, because because they became and then they became Jewels, which is, of course is Chicago, and oh. then all the and then all the Osco drugstores were with them. A smiling Smitty's, according to our resident yeah, West it. Lafayette person, uh, executive producer Todd Meyer, smiling he's Smitty's. A, he's exactly right, smiling Smitty's. There was one right there on Northwestern. There was one on the Levee. There's one out of Purdue West. So, yes, yeah, Smitty's, smiling Smitty's. Correct mm. on the memory for yeah. Todd, uh, Todd. Todd Meyer, and I should let him do this one of these days because he's a big-time Purdue guy. I should let him sit down here and just have you guys talk for the segment. You know, and, and one, one last kind of drugstore memory. I, I mentioned Osco. The other big one was Hooks. Remember Hooks? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. We value you. No, that's Marsh. I'm sorry. That was Marsh. Hooks was, we like to see you smile. We like to see you smile was their tagline. That was all over. I'm sure Indianapolis. I was Hooks. I was Hague Drugstore. And when I went to Indiana State, they had a fantastic Farmore over there. Farmore. I remember I heard about Farmore. I don't think they had any of those in Lafayette, but yeah, I heard of Farmore. Bloomington had Eisner, which was renamed to Jewel, which is known by today. Jewel and Osco come together. You'd go for the groceries to Jewel, and then you'd go next door to get the brown water from Osco. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, West Lafayette still has a Payless. Yeah, which right. Which has been around forever. Payless is just Kroger's. It's a Kroger, yeah. I think it's uh, uh, Kroger's cut a couple of offshoots. I think there's a uh, J.C. food store in Odin, Indiana, that's uh, basically a very small version of Kroger. Yeah. What's ruining it all now, though, is you got Target selling groceries, you got Walmart selling groceries, killing these places. 
telling you. Hey, by the way, confirmed. Hy-Vee is coming to Indiana. Also confirmed four more market districts. Fishers, Noblesville is getting a Hy-Vee off of 136 in Olio, according to Nathaniel. Jay was the update on the four more. And then um, I think it was Jake Query of our morning show, friend of this show, uh, new Zionsville store. This was last January. Uh, not only is Hy-Vee fantastic, oh, this is from Jake, but there's a store coming in the Zionsville area. So, yeah. Not bad. You guys, are, you guys are breaking news there, John. I'm telling you, we are the foremost authority in terms of grocery stores around here. We got, we got you covered right here. Old school and new school. Well, you're the authority on everything Purdue. I want to do a little football and a little basketball. Let's start with Purdue as far as the renovations of ross Age Stadium are concerned. How are things going? Yeah, you know, last time I talked to Mike Bobinski, he says all systems go. It's going to be done on time a lot of people wringing their hands but again i'm just passing along he's told me again multiple times as a matter of fact that uh, they're on schedule 45 million dollar renovation and i've got to peek at it a few times from my vantage point we can peer around the cranes but south end zone is going to be totally overhauled and that tiller tunnel there in sort of the northeast corner it's going to be kind of cool john to see how that all comes together when it's actually done here september 2nd and they take the lid off that place home against Fresno State. Is that just going to look like a just a complete complex right there now? Is that what they're trying to transition that into? The south end zone is going to be with they move the band down there, and it's going to be incorporated in the design, sort of a cow catcher, you know, the front of a of a, of a locomotive train. Wink, wink, you get it right. So that, that, yeah. that'd be kind of a cool little touch, if you will. And there's going to be some party zones for people, some standing areas. And you're actually not going to be able to walk the entire perimeter of the stadium where before you couldn't. You know, you just kind of went from, from one goal on to the next in a big U-shape. And now it's going to be totally connected where you can walk a total circle around Rossage Stadium. And then the, I guess the third big element, John, is going to be a sports and nutrition center where the athletes will eat uh, in the north end zone. That's being built and adjacent to the football complex, but that will not be finished um, for the season, but it doesn't really obviously impact games. Yeah, well, that sounds – we all need a good sports and nutrition center, oh, don't we? Boy, to go back to the days where you grab a trace and silverware and walk through a line and pick stuff out and get it slopped on a dish, well, I'd, I'd go back to that in a second. Well, they wouldn't allow me to eat a block of cheese at 1 a.m., would they? <laughs> They'd give you the keys to the place. <laughs> Here's this block of cheese you've been wanting right here. Go get it. Uh, Ryan Walters, how smoothly, if you want to call it that, have things been going here? Because we are approaching here a really dead red start of the season, not too long, not too far away. How are things going from your vantage point? Honeymoon is still raging, John. Still raging, man. The bride still looks beautiful. All things are possible. Sky's the limit. <clears throat> Recruiting's going real well. So um, you know how it goes. Um, everything's great. But he, he has been um, a good guy to work with, I will say that. I'm sure you've spoken with him or others at your station. And very accessible, very, very candid, and uh, just young and energetic. He's 37 years old. Hey, and I, and I, know, I know you're sitting down, but think about this. He was born in 1986. That's incredible. <laughs> And a lot of his staff is young, too, so they've had a real connection to the recruits. But I'll be honest with you, I have no idea how this is going to work. Nobody does. They're lying if they say they do, obviously. A guy who's, who's, uh, who's got all the, uh, the, the apparent 
earmarking to be a, a good head coach, but he's never done it before, and the, and the staff is young, and here we go. This is a heck of a venue, heck of a stage to, to, to become a, a, a head football coach, but Purdue zigged when everybody zagged, didn't it? I mean, they hired a young guy who's from the defensive side of the ball, and Good for Purdue because I think if you're a program like the Boilermakers, you get you got to try to do something different, right? Yeah, it's, uh, Tom Deanhart at Golden Black Illustrated is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. You've been around that thing for such a long time. I do feel compelled to ask, did you have similar feelings on other coaching hires of the past? And obviously we know those that worked out and then those that didn't work out. I don't know. You know, it's been a – it's such a mixed bag for that program over the years. Um, uh, you know, I, I think just a recent vintage Jeff Brom, I think, obviously came with some more proven coaching chops, um, more of a proven commodity, if you will, from Western Kentucky. But then you look at Danny Hope and Daryl Hazel. I mean, two big question mark hires, I think. Two guys who didn't work out for different reasons. And then uh, you know there, there were even doubts about Joe Tiller. I'll be honest with you, uh, they didn't they didn't know number one if that offense was going to work in the Big Ten. Remember that the basketball. Well, it, it was almost if I remember accurately, there was I, I thought there was more excitement around the the what could be with Danny Hope and the what could be with Daryl Hazel than there was with the hiring of Joe Tiller back then. Yeah, I mean, initially. Yeah, you know, Danny Hope had a little bit of shine to him because, of course, he was part of those Tiller programs as the offensive line coach. It went off and just some modest success at Eastern Kentucky. And then, of course, Hazel was, uh, you know, a, a, a protege of Jim Trestles, right? And had, had, a, had a lot of success at Kent State in, in a couple of years. So, yeah, there, there may have actually been a little bit more of a glow to those two when they got hired. Joe Tiller was older, um, not a super hot commodity. Not a sexy hire coming from Wyoming, where he was highly successful. A uh, guy who'd been at Purdue before, but again, just a lot of doubt, I think, because of that offense. And it turns out, as we all know, and looking over our shoulders in history, uh, what he did offensively really helped sort of change the course of how a lot of offensive football has been played in the Big Ten since. Yeah, no doubt about that. Tom Dean Hardick, the Black Illustrated, with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I'm going to ask you this before we know too much. I guess we'll start, even though he's a defensive, uh, more lean head coach, I do want to start with the offense and what you expect from that group and what do you expect to see out of the gate? Or, or do you have anything? Is there is there kind of a, a great mystery, a cloud of mystery somewhat going on here? I think of the two sides, two sides of the ball, I think the offense is the one I've got the most confidence in coming out of the gate. I think the personnel uh, across the board, there's a little bit more proven. Um, the running backs, quarterbacks, I don't want to go over the depth chart with you, but again, I think the offense has a chance to be pretty good coming out. Now, the, the biggest question, is, it may sound funny after I say this, is the, I think it's the offensive line, but I think they got enough there to figure things out. And of course, remember, Graham Harrell's going to push the buttons he of Texas Tech fame, air raid-based offense. So I think they have enough to make this thing clip. The big key is going to be, I think, keeping Hudson Card healthy, the, the, the Texas transfer quarterback. Defensively, you know, I don't know. I think there's more questions over there, John. Uh, but remember, that's the bailiwick of Ryan Walters. Yeah. He ran that five-man front at, at, at Illinois to great success. And 
and uh, we'll see if he can he can mimic that magic in West Lafayette. You know, it's it's weird how and I, we'll, we can come up with a, a myriad of examples, and, and certainly Tony Dungy here was one, and how oftentimes it works out to where your specific lean offense or defense or your forte does not turn out to be your strong suit as a head coach with your team. How often that goes the opposite direction has always been very interesting to me. Yeah, well, we'll see. Like I said, maybe maybe this ends up being a what it tr- traditionally always has been an, an offensive centric program for 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 generations, for forever. Honestly, Purdue football has, has been all about the quarterbacks, all about the offense. You typically had to outscore teams if you wanted to win games, right? Purdue's not going to win a lot of games, fourteen to ten. But they were going to be good. They were going to have to probably beat you thirty-five to twenty-eight and try to beat you with a better offense and an elite quarterback. So. Who knows? Like you said, may, may, maybe uh, that that continues to be the script. But I think the hope from the administration here is Ryan Walters can improve the talent on both sides of the ball, maybe take that defense up a couple of notches. Yeah, it's interesting too. And Tom Deanhart joins us talking Boilermakers from Golden Black Illustrated. You brought up the OC Graham Harrell. I remember having him on this show. We were talking about Michael Pittman Jr., who was a part of his offense back at, at USC when the oh. Colts drafted Michael Pittman Jr. Where, where is Graham Harrell, um, as far as the level of his career right now, going into this year number one as OC in West Lafayette? Still ascending. You know, he's he, he already done quite a bit for a young coach. Seems like he was just in love with throwing passes for Mike Leach, doesn't it? That was like 2008 right. when they had that great year that he was the quarterback. They beat Texas. You know, he's already been. You talked about OC at USC, right? That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, chunk on your resume. He began his career, I know, coaching at, at, at Washington State with Mike Leach. Purdue hired him from West Virginia, where he was the offensive coordinator. So he's sort of a guy that seems to be, you know, continuing to move up the ranks. And I tell you what, he, he's getting paid handsomely, John. He signed a three-year contract, and if he's around for the third year of that contract in 2025, he'll make one million dollars, and he'll become the first Purdue assistant coach ever to be paid a million dollars and just for from for some context here this year alone ohio state's going to have five assists and <laughs> Think about that. yeah so he'd be the first one ever huh to make yeah, a meal and that and that'd be the third year into the deal if you make it so again that let me tell you how far that goes in lafayette indiana by the way too i'm gonna ask todd meyer because that dude made a million dollars years ago we'll ask him if you, if you, if it, he would be owning a couple of Smitty's franchises. <laughs> yes, he would. Yes, he would. But I, I just – it is weird where – I guess the reason why I bring up Graham Harrell is I would have expected there – and I think others would have said the same thing maybe to see more of a, a solidified head coaching type of situation at this point in his career. Is it still way too early to make that call? Possibly, I'm trying to think how old he is. Is he? Uh, he's that was 2000. He's probably about Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Walters' age. I'm thinking probably about mid 30s or so. So maybe I think maybe he's still kind of working his way up that that chain. Yeah. And yeah, I tell you what, this is going to be another. He's good 38. Time, right? 38 years old. Yeah. yeah. And I said Ryan Walters was 37. He was born in '86. Graham Harrell was probably an '87 baby. But yeah, this is going to be a great platform, right? Um, things weren't great at West Virginia last year. I'm not going to kid anybody. He, he worked for Neil Brown, and, and Neil Brown's on the hot seat in Morgantown, and that offense wasn't great. Right. He gets to go to Purdue now, work, reset the deck, if you will. 
work on a higher or, or a larger stage. And, you know, he's got his quarterback, too, John. I, I reported pretty extensively and done some stories on their, their on, on Purdue's pursuit of, of, of Hudson Carr. And the first thing Ryan Walters did when he was hired was go to Texas and try to get Hudson Carr. And he picked up Graham Harrell, who was recruiting in Texas for West Virginia at the time, hired him, threw him a Purdue shirt and said, look, kid, we're going to go to Austin and try to go get Graham uh, uh, Hudson Card. So they wanted this kid bad. They got him. And, again, this is a chance for Graham Harrell to show his stuff, to, to develop Hudson Card and try to make Purdue a winner. Yeah. And what, um, what do you think the level at quarterback is for Hudson Card? Well, I, all I've got to go on is, is the little bit of spring ball we got to watch, which wasn't much. And then just uh, talking to players and staffers. And to a man, there wasn't one negative word uttered about Hudson Card all spring, be it on the field or off the field. Uh, so there's been a lot of effusive praise for the kid. And I've talked to him for an extended period of time for a story I'm going to be writing in early August here. And he's a, he comes off as a very good young man as well. So I think he could be um, – Every bit as good as Aiden O'Connell, if not better. And Aiden O'Connell was the fourth-round pick of the of Las Vegas Raiders. So I think the ceiling's pretty high for this kid. And it's going to have to be high, and he's going to have to hit it if he wants to be any good, I think. Put up some points, certainly with yardage in mind, but also be eyeball entertaining for Boilermaker fans. That's what you expect with Graham Harrell on this offense? Yeah, I think, you know, a place like Purdue, you always got to try to be entertaining right uh if you're going to lose go down with your guns blazing as they like to say and that's going to be important and i tell you what if you if you go by the season ticket sales so far um there's a lot of interest here and a lot of intrigue and maybe what ryan walters has cooked and they've already sold i think close to forty thousand season tickets so that place could be packed this year it's a tough schedule though john you got those cross division games with ohio state and michigan we talked about Fresno State, Virginia Tech, and Syracuse in the non-conference. Um, a lot of heavy lifting for Ryan Walters in year one. Yeah, Fresno State. I, you know, obviously you kind of look at them and you think, well, that's a game at home you you need to win. But they can be pesky, certainly early on in a situation like this on the road. You know, against a a Power Five type of of school. So yeah, what September the second? I mean, obviously that's circled there uh, to see how this thing starts out against the Bulldogs. You know, you hate to put too much emphasis on your opener, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I do that all the time around here. People are used to it. Like I must win openers here all the time. <laughs> this is a must win opener. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's a must win. You know, <laughs> Thank I, you I, very I, much. Thank you. Yeah, you know, Jeff Tetford is the Bulldogs coach. He's a wily veteran. He's he a is very good coach. He was Aaron Rodgers' coach at Cal. Yeah, speaking of throwing it around the lot a little bit. Yes. And you know, and look at September. There's five games in September. Four at home. Who's got to make hay in September? The one road game's at Virginia Tech, and that's Virginia Tech isn't isn't Frank Beamer Virginia Tech, but it's still tough going to Blacksburg. So again, four games out of five at home in September. I think the Bulldogs got to come out of September at least three and two. So Tom Deanhart of Golden Black Illustrated with us. I also um, we've chatted a couple of different times after Fairleigh Dickinson. Um, and obviously, uh, Boilermaker fans wanted to forget about that one immediately. But how has this offseason been for Painter and company, according to your assessment, to this point in West Lafayette? A lot of excitement. They got one of your Valley guys coming in, Lance Jones, to help him at guard. Well, Valley flavor right there, yes. Valley flavor. 
SIU Carpenter. Yeah, of course, the big freshman's another Naptown guy, right? Roosevelt Coben's son. So Miles Coben's coming in, and uh, that, that, that's got people jacked up. Of course, everybody's focused on Zach E and what he was going to do. And when Zach E decided to come back, well, you know, last year was, was forgotten quickly. And, and now, of course, great expectations loom again, right? This is going to be a preseason top five team. In August, they head off to Europe to play, I think, four games, Slovakia, Austria, Germany, Italy, so a chance to bond a little bit. Zach Eady won't be with them on that trip, John. He's going to be with the Team Canada playing in the world. That's a good squad they have right there, too. How much <laughs> clock is he going to get with that group? I'm not sure. I haven't broken down the roster, but, you know, I've got a good chance for him to start. Kind is, of is that the one, isn't that the one with uh, Jamal Murray and, and Gilgis Alexander and the professionals? Or am I, mean, I wrong? See a FIBA World Cup, I believe it is. Does that sound right? I, I, know. I, I thought know I thought it was Team Canada. I thought he was on that team with with guys like that, like and mm-hmm. uh, O'Shea Brissett, who was a former Pacer, now a Celtic. It is Team Canada. So Zach's going to continue to to sort show, you know, sharpen his skills internationally with, with that team this summer in August, and then before you know, it, we're going to look up. They're going to be practicing in October and. And it's going to be interesting to see how high Purdue is ranked in the preseason here. Um, maybe second or third in the country, at least top five. So Michigan State and Purdue look like probably the teams to beat, if you believe prognosticators, in this upcoming Big Ten hoop season. It's uh, Tom Deanhart with us. I was going to ask you this because I asked the similar question of IU folks uh, leading up to last year with Trace Jackson Davis. And now that Zach Eady obviously is, is coming back, and my question was a year ago, you know, you, you're going to do more to, to widen things, the scope of things, you know, offensively, maybe not everything down low, interior, in the paint. And obviously we saw with Trace last year that did not happen. Would you expect anything like a little bit more of an evolution to the offensive game of Edie, or because it was so good every single night, is there going to be a reason not to do that? Well, I think, you know what, the plan is to try to diversify, to play more away from the basket, to play uh, uh, Kaufman ran with Zach Edie more in concert. And, uh, again, for Zach to play maybe a little bit more away from the basket, even facing the basket, but you know how things go. Uh, when push comes to shove, but things get really testy, uh, you always kind of default back to what you do best. Right. And uh, Purdue was very effective with Zach playing that traditional back-to-the-basket type of a style. So, again, I, th- I think they do want to play a little bit more spread out and try to get up down the court a little bit more. But we'll see how they, they can really evolve here as the season progresses, especially when we get into that Big Ten play. Well, I ask you that. If I asked Painter that, he'd probably call me a dumbass for asking it. So... <laughs> Oh, well, he would. So, he wouldn't mean it. He wouldn't mean it. Hey, I got to ask: Are you going to yeah. be at Big Ten Media Days all next week? Um, next week? Do I have to wear pants? Can I just come as I am? <laughs> you can wear your you can wear your best uh, your best tank top and pair of shorts and flip flops. Oh well, if I can if I could come that way, um, I'm all for it too. So yeah, you now you're going to be a part of it, right? Yeah, I'll be there. You can wear your John Deere hat or. Uh, some other good uh, pesticide. Uh, nah, I've got it. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I don't wear long pants in the summertime like this, certainly. And uh, it is it is basketball shorts. The other day, my friend Jeffrey Gorman, the Gorman, does cold stuff. This was yesterday, matter of fact. And uh, the Jim Irsay collection is, is like a, a traveling band, right? They were in Boston last weekend. Peter Wolf of Jay Giles' band was with him. Kevin Cronin of Ario Speedwagon. It was a great time in Boston. 
And they're doing the same thing here in September at Lucas Oil Stadium. And, and Gorman said, hey, we may want to have you come up and introduce the band. And I said, yeah, I'd love to do that. That'd be great. I'd love to introduce the band. And he said, but we will probably have to buy you some new clothes. Pick <laughs> him up on it. Pick him up on it. Thought, Come on, man. He said, "Here, I'll give you three hundred bucks. You go to Kohl's and set yourself up." <laughs> three hundred bucks. You can buy the store. <laughs> All right, hey man, what's uh, what's going on at Golden Black? What's going on inside uh, Knucklehead Central? Is it fun? Yeah, well, yeah. You know, they're always they're always kind of moaning about something, a lot of angst and anxiety, and, and create a drama, if you will. Do we but, do we have angst and anxiety working right now in Knucklehead Central about the football season coming up? Football and basketball, both, you know, it never ends. And, uh, you know, as much as people like to make fun of those message boards, that really is sort of the heartbeat and the pulse of a lot of those sites, uh, the gold black included. The people check that thing two or three times a day. And, uh, no doubt. And, 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 you know, you know, you know, Johnny, everybody loves to share their opinion, right? I know somebody in our office is probably on it right now as we speak. I would, uh, I would imagine that's that's the case. I, I truly, I thought that with you know how easy uh, Twitter and now other avenues, other platforms have given you know instant access to to comments and remarks that maybe message boards would have that have been a fatality for message boards right there. But evidently, it hasn't been, huh? Yeah, no, it really hasn't. You know, I think. People like commiserating among themselves. It's it's common gathering place. It's it's just a good way to organize the whole match of uh, crazy passionate fans for every for every base. So, yeah, you know, uh, as much as sometimes they can they can drive us crazy, we always appreciate the passionate fan because, well, like all of us, we all have some of that in, in our souls. Just be crazy passionate sports fans who sometimes care too much. Yeah. Well, hey, man, make sure if you got to grab a hammer or something, get over there and make sure that thing's done before the start of the season, right? The new Ross said, you better do it. I'll have to shimmy up a crane and see if I can get my hard hat on and, and help him help him out. I was, gone. I was up there a month ago at Lafayette Jeff. My daughter was playing at, um, what the hell is that uh, junior high right next to Lafayette Jeff? That's where I was. You were in Tecumseh Junior High School. Lafayette, yeah, Lafayette Jeff, that is a really – like I love, I love high school football stadiums, and you get this. I think a lot in Northern Indiana, where they're in a in like a neighborhood, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lafayette Jeff there. is right there in that neighborhood. A lot of trees and stuff. It looks really cool. It's big. They should now. They just got to make it the the, the W Axel Rose football field. They, they got to kind of come up with some way to honor Axel Rose. They do. It's and, and we got to you're going to get uh Northwestern MVP Brooks Barnheiser coming up here too. So they'll have to name the court after Brooks Barnheiser one of these days. Right, Brooks Barnheiser. He's had a heck of a career so far at Northwestern. Yeah. Yep. So they're going to start giving the ball a little bit more too so he can score. Even better. That'd be nice. I always kind of wonder why I have to go up there and get Chris Collins in a headlock. So <laughs> I always wonder how hard, how hard Purdue pushed to get that kid up. Well, I don't think they. I don't think there was uh, much. Uh, I don't think there's much there. I don't. No, but, and and listen, Brooks has carved out his own spot there. Yeah, and really, really kind of cut it loose this past year. It was good to see. I was watching him play as a freshman, and they rarely gave him any time whatsoever. And then last year, obviously, they did. But you know, I like the fact that he's able to carve out his own path. He is such an incredibly good kid. 
and such a hard worker. I mean, and I mean, he's got a combination of that and then the fire that his dad, Mark Barnheiser, has always had to a, a level in which many have ever seen, and I mean still to today, which is I've always had the highest admiration for that. He's just got a great combination of, of getting the job done with all that in mind. Yeah, he really drove his two sons, I know, and they, they embraced it all and yep. uh, you know, really reaped it. So, yeah, it's it's easy to root for the, that kid. And, and I always kind of have a soft spot for Northwestern basketball, so it's kind of nice when you see them enjoy some success, you know? Hey, um, I got some people asking me, uh, and I know i got to go here, but uh, Brian Newbert, and, and how's his situation going? He's doing a lot better. Thanks for asking. He's feeling better. Um, still has to take it slowly. It's been about six months since, since he had his operation, but – He's, uh, you know, he's he, he, he's doing very well. And um, we always appreciate everybody's wishes and, and prayers. And, yes. Uh, yeah, Brian's, Brian's coming along very well, John. Yeah, give give him our best. Everybody up there our best, okay? No doubt about it. I sure will, John. We appreciate your thoughts again. And maybe if you, if you get bored, come on over to Lucas Oil next Wednesday and Thursday, all right? Yeah, I wore my basketball shorts over there and everything. <laughs> all right buddy i appreciate you we'll do it again soon hopefully see you next week take care john bye-bye that's uh tom deanhart of golden black illustrated that is a full update on boilermaker football and basketball because purdue fans wanted it that's exactly what we gave you quick break we'll come back Uh, final 20 minutes or so coming up of this show we'll set you straight for tomorrow as well the rest of the week and when things are really going to ramp up and get busy much like the interest level at grand park for colts training camp already got a day sold out right here we'll talk about that and more coming up on 93.5 and 107.5 the fan Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Dude, most metal ever! 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Yeah, so Foreigner for the final time. Coming up on Friday with Loverboy. Got the Eagles, the long, and this is a long goodbye coming up in October. Not one, but two shows at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, along with Steely Dan. Uh, tomorrow, I believe, some of you are asking, I believe, um, is it uh, Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa tomorrow at Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center, I believe? So a lot of stuff going on. Shout out to Tom Deanhart for coming on here. Golden Black Illustrated. A lot of you have asked about some updates leading up to football season for the Boilermakers and then a little bit of off-season Boilermaker basketball conversation. So Tom Deanhart came on. We discussed that if you missed any of it. The podcast is at 107.5thefan.com. Loose bodies in the elbow. 
Now, I may have loose bodies in my right elbow, too, but no, this was to Jarris Walker. Procedure reportedly from Adrian Wojnarowski completed to remove loose bodies in the elbow of eighth overall selection Jarris Walker. Everything went according to planned, at least according to this report, and uh, the expectation is Walker's good to go for the start of training camp in September. That newsworthy today. It's from Josh, JMV. Now I know what it looks like when JMV shoots 80% from the three-point line after watching, oh yeah, the uh, WNBA What's her name? Sabrina. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. 28 of 33s in the three-point contest. Yeah, I've got a, a little shoulder impingement working. I haven't had a shot for it yet, so I've got a lot of excuses to make right now. And I made some excuses last night. I cussed all over Center Grove because I was just driving myself nuts. I'm a mess. I am abs- I'm an absolute mess. There's probably more of a not-so-subtle reason as to why I watched a bunch of people play pickleball this morning because of the way that I performed last night. I was just talking to myself out of the gym, all the way home. Just zero enjoyment. (laughs) Man. I got up this morning, my kid's like running Craig Park, and I'm watching everybody play pickleball, and I'm thinking, man, maybe I need to do that. And to do that, I guess I have to learn how to keep score. I don't even know how they're keeping score. And it, it really doesn't look very fun. I mean, I guess it must be. But I thought, God, it looks boring as hell right there. I'm in Dover's. Yeah, raise arm. Whack. <laughs> I mean, it just wasn't a lot happening. One of these days in the not-so-distant future, that's clearly going to be me. Uh, Tony D, who knows High V very well, says High V is awesome. Fifteen million dollar weekend for them. That's how much they're sinking into the the music. IndyCar, of course, in Iowa this weekend. And entertainment wise, High V at Iowa Speedway has backed things up with Carrie Underwood, Zach Brown Band, Chesney's up there barefoot, and Ed Sheeran with his new tattoo. I learned that this morning as I was watching people play pickleball and listening to Dave Smiley do his morning show and talk about people pooping on one another. Well done, Smiley. And telling me with the tattoos that Ed Sheeran had. You wonder where I get this wealth of knowledge? There you go. Just kind of paying attention. That's a true story about the conversation. And and, and Nikki can tell you, Will can tell you. Smiley, who's a big-time listener to this show, I don't know how. I don't know if that's my fault or his fault. How you you still don't know squat about sports, but you listen. You claim to listen to this show often. I don't know if that's a shot at me or a shot at him. Shout-out to Dave. Steve is up next at 239-1070. Hello, Steve. Hello. How are you doing, JMV? I love the show. Thank you, brother. Hey, you're talking about pickleball? Yes, you know, actually, my name, I talked to you before, synonymous uh, tennis dude. Talked to you about Rajiv Ram sometimes. Yeah. And uh, we call pickleball the dark side. That's it? Tennis. That's why I go over to the other side, huh? 
Yeah. But no, it's it's I don't know if it's fun or not. I've never played it, but I was gonna talk to you about Bob Van Pelt or Bo Van Pelt, yeah. Rack's restaurant. Okay. Rack's tell me all about it. Well, when I was growing up in the a long time ago, I worked at a chick, fried chicken restaurant, a place called Famous Recipe Fried Chicken. Best chicken you could get. Okay. It's like Lee's. And uh, the owner was Bob Van Pelt. He played foot professional for the Giants, uh, football for the Giants. Did well, played football, bought the restaurants. And then he had a son you might know, Bo Van Pelt. Yes, the golfer. Uh, you yeah. golfer, yeah. Bob's a great man. Many people listening here will know him, and he is a great man. And uh, his son did well. And Rack's Restaurants, I think there might still be one in Richmond. Maybe not. Um, I did not. I think we have, because I, I rock a Rack's T-shirt often. Um, I believe Illinois, Kentucky, and Ohio have locations. Indiana is out of locations. And I've been asking, because I've never, honestly, Stephen, thanks for the call, met anybody. Anybody at all that had a bad word to say about racks. So if you would be somebody out there that has deep pockets and you're just thinking about to start a business, I would think bringing a racks around here would probably make you a lot of money. Unless people are flat lying to me about it. Because I've never heard anybody say, every time I bring it up, it's, oh, it's great, it's glorious, and it's more than just the memories. Oh, I'd do that right now, the BBC right now. I need 12 of them. So if you've got deep pockets, and I'd look up what it might take to get or become a franchise owner, because I think that that would be something around here that would go over well, at least according to everybody that I him in touch with. I've never heard anybody say, oh, well, I, listen, give me Arby's all day, man. Rack stinks. Nobody has ever said that. It's probably because it's Arby's that we're talking about in comparison, but nobody's ever said that. Jim McCann writes this, Rachel Robinson is celebrating her 101st birthday today. I believe she has been MLB's most important and loved ambassador ever. That is so incredible. And let me tell you this, Jim. I just watched it again this morning. Whenever 42 is on, it has become one of those films that I watch whenever it's on. Whenever it's on. And and it is still, it's incredible to me that Chadwick Boseman, the star that played Jackie Robinson in the film 42, is no longer with us. That, that's incredible to me. But I don't know how everybody else thought the film. And I remember talking to John C. McGinley on this show who played um, uh, Red Barber, the play-by-play man for the then Brooklyn Dodgers. That was 2014, I believe, when that film came out. And awesome conversation. Uh, he's done a lot, but... I, you hear that conversation and then put it in terms of just how much I enjoyed that film. To this day, whenever it's on, I will end up watching it. It's become one of those films, whenever it's on, I watch it. I just think it's that good. Rachel Robinson celebrating the 101st birthday today. That is quite a milestone for greatness. 
Quick break. We'll come back. Final time with you. Get you set for tomorrow's show. Look ahead to Friday as well on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, James. Theme song to what show? Right here. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, the song Superhero by Jane's Addiction was transformed into what theme song? I have no idea. Another 2000s. Entourage. HBO's Entourage, never? I I never watched that one. Kevin Conley? Kevin Dillon? Nope, not ringing any bells. Adrian Grenier? Nope. No? Not a clue. Jerry Ferrara? Not a clue. Uh, Yesterday, 2004, Entourage premiered. Uh, Jeremy Piven, obviously, was the star of that show. Jeremy Piven's been on this show before, too. I was trying to think. I don't think Kevin Dillon has been. I don't think I've had anybody. Uh, I think Ferrara's been on the show before. And maybe it wasn't here. Maybe it was at the other place. Ferrara, I think, has been on with me before. Uh, Piven has definitely been on here with me before. But let me tell you this. If you ever want to entertain yourself, and I'm assuming a lot of you might at some point, probably between the hours of 3 until 6, um, just look up. Ari Gold's greatest hits or, you know, the best of Ari Gold. And that will give you multi-minutes of high-level entertainment always. I mean, that, that was it for him. And I know that was after his transformation. And Piven goes all the way back to the mid-'80s. And one of those Chicago, Illinois, friends of John Cusack. But, um, man, Entourage and Ari Gold. That was just great. Yesterday in 2004, something else. James has no idea what we're talking about today. But he did, and he was entertained by Tom Deanhart talking Boilermaker football and basketball a little bit earlier. Golden Black Illustrator for Tommy D. Kyle Nedrip of the star. Jalen Harrelson's off to Lemire. Talked about that and more with Kyle. And Mark Jaynes, voice of IndyCar earlier, too. And the pride of Monrovia High School. Podcast 1075thefan.com. You guys have been fantastic inside the lounge via YouTube Live. As always, thank you very much. Rab Johns for an IU angle. Chapel tomorrow, too. Some cult stuff coming at you. We start at 3. Don't miss it tomorrow. Have a great night. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. 
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.